It is day 24 of the Guardians manager search. Maybe day 60, depending on when you believe the writing on the wall when things came out about Terry Francona. And we're going to add more names to the list because every day it just feels like we are just adding more guys to the list, crossing some guys off the list. And maybe we're bringing one guy back on the list that we thought was off and is not Jeff's cat, unfortunately. My cat, Kate. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Come on, Justin, you can't tell me my cat would not have better interpersonal communication skills than the New York Yankees based on reports today. I think she would, Vanilla Bean here, would do a better job uh, managing the Yankees than, you know, some of those news reports that I guess you can have all the money in the world. Can't buy communication. The draft, but, uh, I don't know. Cats, cats don't communicate very well. They just kind of, like, uh, I, I remember they reading that stuff. They, they let you know, let but know without letting you know, I guess. Yeah. Could at least manipulate everybody to get on the same page, right? Because cats are manipulative like yeah. that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you missed it, for, you know it, this does tie to the Guardians because uh, former Guardians player, very yeah. briefly, but uh, mostly known as prospect, and in terms of great trade returns, um, Sean Casey is was let go, and one of the things was they said that there is the way he was approaching and teaching. Uh, or working with hitters went against whatever approach. And like the New York reporter who I saw it from was, you know, was very like, Oh, you know, I'm not saying that it's the right or wrong approach. Just they had, it's, it's been a whole year. And that was the degree of. It's a mess over there. It really is. You can't, if you're spending $200 million, man, you better be get everybody on the same page somehow, or you got to at least, make sure everybody can work off the same set of directions. And they, well, that's what you get when you bring in an, an, a guy who's never coached before middle of the season to like randomly try to fix what's going on with your. Don't, don't, don't your, talk about uh, negatively about bringing in guys who've never coached before. Well, okay. There's a difference between doing it in the middle of the season when you're trying to turn around a bunch of hitters that you expect to be, you know, Franchi, Franchi Cordero's and Jake Bowers, like geez, oh, hey, Franchi Cordero uh, killed the Guardians this year. It was his one. He did, game. and then nobody else. And, and uh, Jake Bauer had about a good two months, but uh, then I don't uh, even know if he had a good two months. Speaking of Jake Bowers, Bowers, we're going to quickly talk about. We have a lot of comments yesterday about, oh, the Guardians can't <laughs> trade with anybody; they're not good at it. Let's 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 dial that back just a little bit. Now, yes, Tampa Bay has has made a killing the last couple of years fleecing Cleveland on some trades. They have. But don't forget the Cle- Cleveland still has a good track record. I think the problem is Cleveland has not made any impact trades since the Clevenger. Yeah, and that was like I mean I or I guess the... I guess Lindor you know, and Fer. Yeah, there's an impact Luber, there. Yeah. I guess like people people forget that when this team was in quote unquote buying mode in 2016, how good they did with that. And all these trades, you know, making trades with our teams is not supposed to be a zero sum game, right? Like the junior Camonero thing is like you said, there's, there's a slim chance that it comes back and, and nothing happens here. Like Camonero doesn't work out long-term, but like that, if he, if it does work out the way things are trending, that's a zero sum trade. Cleveland loses Tampa Bay wins no matter what, but most of the trades, most of the time you're not looking for that. Most, both teams are looking for a win, but more often times than not, Cleveland does come back on the winning side and remember all those reports talked about how Cleveland's so hard to deal with because 
outside of Tampa Bay with what's going on right there, like, oh, never trade with Tampa Bay. Uh, no one wants to trade with Cleveland because they always seem to get the better of them. Like they have, they have taken stock off the shelves of, of AJ Preller, who's going to be in hot water here soon by, by taking some good players away from him that they sure could use right now. I would assume. Yeah, no, they've definitely uh, like, I don't know. And for me, the, the thing where I look at those comments about like, Oh, this team can't make good trades. Uh, we also need to slow That's down a little bit much. That's a little we need, much. We need to just slow down too, because uh, again, I, I think Nolan Jones, I, I drove the Nolan Jones bandwagon, but those guys are far from sure things like Nolan Jones is, there's a lot of reasons to think he is going to regress pretty hard in a year. Uh, and there are positive indicators with Juan Brito still. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, and again, even though you I, might need the outfielder more. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing with Will Benson, like there's a chance in, he, in six months that these are like deals where we're like, oh, never mind our stressing. Nobody like, wins. You know, it, it, yeah. Oh, I have a lot of doubts about even a world where Cleveland still ends up winning both of those trades. Mm-hmm. There is. I mean, there's still a world where it is conceivable just because of. um Based on what I saw this year, I'm going to say no. But I mean, if Stephen Hajar, if they figure him out, it's like. When's the last time, Cle- Jeff? You always say this. You always no, say, "I know." I know. Well, it's the control. Mike Clevenger. That's Mike Clevenger was the yeah, last well, time they did it. So I think it was think, a trade asset. Yeah, Clevenger had better control than Stephen Hajar ever did. Yeah, I never saw but, Mike Clevenger walk seven I mean, guys. I'm just saying it's you know unlike the Caminero deal, which is a hundred percent already a loss because he got to the big leagues and they got nothing for it. You can't close yeah. the book completely. Listen, the Benson deal are probably going to lose. There's a chance they could still pull off the Jones one, but. And this is kind of the problem with just surface level focus is, yeah, mm-hmm. on paper, that was an astounding year, but we're not doing things on paper. Like he, he could easily, is it, there's an easy world where he regresses very hard in a year. And this looks yeah. like, you know, like a Stephen Kwan regressed in year two, like Andres Jimenez essentially regressed in his year yeah. two. We've seen this happen. So before we want to sit there and, you know, be like, uh Oh, this team can't make a good trade. It's like, no, they have made, so many good trades that we have been spoiled. Uh, this team, I mean, that's a funny one thing. inning of Corey Kluber for Manuel Classe. Yeah, that wasn't a good trade. One inning of Corey Getting Kluber, Gabby Arias, Josh Naylor, Kyle Quantrell. Uh, you know, Owen Miller had a good few months. Uh, Joey Cantillo, yeah, or Clevenger, who, who barely did anything for San Diego. That's that's a Highway huge stockpile trade for I mean, Cleveland, yeah. And you can go back to like both Trevor Bauer deals, like. Trevor, when they got Trevor Bauer, that cost them Chu, who's a fantastic player, who was a fantastic f- human, but it was a free walk year. Yeah. And they also netted um, Brian Shaw. Shaw in that deal and Matt Albers, who in that year was an important part of the postseason run. It's and true. then when they flipped Bauer, I mean, at that point in time, you'd have one really good year. And listen, Framo Reyes, it, it fell apart, but he had some he had good, a years. good years. Puig was a, a semi-productive player for them in that one year. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of hope for Scott Moss. Scott Moss. He yeah, did not did work well. out. I actually liked Victor Nova, too. Yeah, that trade worked out. Um, yeah, Kluber, Clevenger, Bauer, all those trades were, I would say, favored Cleveland pretty well. Uh, and go back to when they were buyers, too. Like, okay, the, the Andrew Miller deal, when they traded for Andrew Miller, uh, Clint Frazier didn't work out for anybody, which, again, I'm still shocked by. I, I will stand by. I was very high on the future of Clint Frazier. Didn't work out. Justice Sheffield never worked out. 
Uh, ben Heller has had some good moments in the majors, but has never really been healthy consistently. Same with JP Fire Eyes, and he might be the best player in that deal. He point. is the best player in that deal. Yeah, but he's never he's never been consistently healthy either. So, you know, Cleveland gets Andrew Miller, and New York ends up with basically nothing in that trade, um, except for all Yankees fans thinking they could trade Miguel Andahar and Clint Frazier for every good player on the planet. Probably want to do it for Juan Soto tomorrow. Uh, like, even the failed Jonathan Lucroy trade, look who was in that. That was Greg Allen, who I love Greg Allen. He's been, you know, a fourth outfielder, a triple-A reserve option for his, most of his career. Uh, Sean Armstrong, who's a good reliever, was in that deal. He's the best guy in that deal. What, well, what was the hypothetical deal? Yu Chang, who some people think can hit 40 home runs, has never been able to find a home. He was in that deal. Um, who am I missing? Sean Armstrong, Greg Allen, Yu Chang. What was it, right? Uh, Sean Armstrong, Craig. There's another piece, Craig. Sean Armstrong, Greg Allen, Yu Chang. Uh, Is there a fourth piece? I don't know. Um, I'll pull it up. I feel like there was. Yeah. Jay, I mean, the Jay Bruce deal, that was more about money, but they made that work. The Josh Donaldson trade didn't come back to bite them, uh, even though Julian Merriweather has been interesting. And what was the one we were talking about? Joe Smith for the from from Toronto that year. Samad Taylor for a minute looked like a good prospect. He hasn't really established himself. He's only 25. But, like, let's not forget, like, yes, the Tampa Bay trades have been bad. The comment, the Aaron Savali trade looks like they might come out on the right right side of that. Like Kyle Manzardo looks like he's going to be an answer for them. We'll see. Um, other than that, the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. trades have been bad. Sure. Well, I guess it was just, it was Mejia, Chang. Wow. Allen, oh, and I didn't say Francisco Mejia. Francisco Mejia is not. Because yeah, he's been he, so bad. He's amounted to nothing either. And, and, and you traded him to San Diego for Brad Hand. And what did, what did San Diego parlay him to? Luis uh, Patino? Uh, I mean, well, he was part of the Snell deal. He was the Snell the, deal. So San Diego Pacino. gets a win because they got Blake Snell out of Francisco Mejia. But and, I mean, go back and look at that. That is that's probably one of Tampa's biggest misses. Is that whole deal? I mean, Patino hasn't turned into anything. They got yeah, they got Patino and uh, yeah, and Mejia. And Mejia and that, I can't remember nothing, what the other so. pieces were, but let's Every let's slow the roll it. a little bit on on trades. But and, outside of Tampa Bay, Cleveland does very well in trades. It's usually just Tampa Bay where they they end up. Uh, in the negative. We'll see in the Manzardo thing. I wouldn't jump off the deep end just yet on any of that. No. Um, Jeff, are you ready to jump into the deep end on more managers for this team? I feel like we're just every day is just a new manager checking. Are you ready to jump in on more? Oh, I I'm green with envy. <laughs> well, before we jump in to any managerial updates, <laughs> Uh, I just realized Thanksgiving is a month away. That is wild to me. Uh, if you want a free Thanksgiving dinner, check out the Ibotta app. The, uh, this year, Ibotta is giving you the chance to get cash back and help. Make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Who doesn't want turkey and gravy? Everybody wants turkey and gravy, unless you're a vegetarian. Then you just want gravy you can, and you can have vegetarian a veggie, stuffing. You can have vegetarian uh, turkey. I've had a tofurkey at, at one of my Thanksgivings before. You can have that. I'm not. Turkey's I great. Didn't, I didn't need it. Gravy's but... great. Stuffing's great. Uh, starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is going to give 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you got to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipts to Ibotta. So download the Ibotta app now. Use code MLB to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner. That's starting November 1st. Think of all that money you can save by doing that. Just go to the App Store, Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app, and use code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store, and use code MLB. 
That's going to make me hungry. Um, World Series starts Friday. Diamondbacks and Rangers. That's wild. Uh, that's listen to all wanted. the action. Yeah, it's it's. We'll talk a little about the, more about the World Series tomorrow. Uh, but listen to all the action on Friday on your Sirius XM app. All right. We thought we were going to cross Craig Council's name off the list a while ago, and, and then we, they and pulled we, him back in. And pulled him back in. Um, thought he was out. You know, I, yeah. Look, I, it sounds like Cleveland was getting super close on the idea of uh, voting, wanting. Well, of, of voting, yeah, at least wanting to name a manager within like in the oh, by the by the weekend or maybe early next week. That sounded like the way the way things were going. Um, but according to um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget his name on on the athletic. Will, Will, Salmon? Will, Will Salmon and Ken Rosenthal. Cleveland has requested permission to talk to Craig Council. There's a lot of people in the industry who you know are quote unquote connecting the two. Um, I guess my question there, there's a lot of ways to look into this. I know you want to talk about one of them. But my question is, do you hold everything off? Like if Cleveland is saying they want to have a manager name by you know the weekend or by sometime next week, um, and there's other guys on the list, should Craig Council delay that until you can figure out if he's attainable? And is he still the number one target like out there? Because to me, if you can get Craig Council, I think for me right now, he is the top, top available guy. Like I... I do like the idea of Stephen Vogt. There's other guys I do like too, but for me, I think Craig Council at least is at least maybe the top guy you want to at least find out what the interest level is there and, and what it's going to take. I just, so maybe I'm just too old and cynical, but I read that piece of like, hey, you know what? Cleveland's got an opening and it's a very similar situation to what he's always had and what he's known, uh, even though he has no connections. Uh, it's a very similar situation. And you know what? Cleveland paid a lot of money to pay Tito. So if they're willing to pay money, then they're willing to uh, pay money for counsel. And it just felt to me a little bit like an agent. Because here's the thing, like all breaking news, it doesn't come from teams. It comes from agents. And you build those agent relationships by occasionally I've had agents ask me to be like, hey, this guy is hot. Or I've been given bad information by agents. Like I always talk about I got burned one year in a draft or I was told for sure a player was going to a team and it didn't happen. Uh, and that was just an agent trying to get a player going higher. So it, this just felt to me, and this is me being old and cynical, about an agent being like, hey, you know what? Uh, if you're not going to give counsel what he wants in Milwaukee, you know what? Cleveland is the same type of organization, and they have paid their manager well. And if he doesn't want to go to New York and make a lot of money, Cleveland will pay him a lot of money. Like I, I, I just saw this as negotiating by a press. Yeah, I think there's definitely an element to that. If, if if the source for the story came from an agent, then yes, 100%, that's that's what it is. Unless it's another executive in the industry or something like that. That's the only time. Because that happens too, and that's also a leverage play too. Um, <coughs> this and It may not be managerial specific. Usually we see this more when it comes to trades or the uh, the hot stove stuff is when you're trying to drum up interest for your player or – things like that. Sometimes other executives will um, leak information to journalists for that, for that purpose too. So it depends on the source. Like if it, yeah, if it's an agent thing, hundred percent, it's negotiating through, through media. Um, if it's from another executive or somebody around baseball, it's a different story because those things do happen. So I'd be curious to see, obviously we're never going to know the source, but I think there, there it's, it's, I don't think all news comes from agents. I think some of it does come from, 
executives, but there's always an agenda with it, right? There's yeah. never, nothing is ever told. I, mean, I like Ken Rosenthal. I think he's a very good reporter. Um, plenty of integrity. Say with Jeff Passan. That's, and this is why, this is why for me, Jeff Passan is the most A plus reporter out there because he never puts stuff out into the Twitter sphere unless there is a degree of a high degree of truth to it, not just a, sh- a shred of truth to it, but if there's serious truth to it, he doesn't put it out there. So um, yeah, he's not somebody who's ever had to walk anything back. Yeah, not really. I, I don't think Ken Rosenthal has e- no. either for the most part, but I think there are times that you can get um, pl- not played, but you can get fed stuff because you, I don't think Ken Rosenthal needs a story. So I'm not going to say that, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. I guess I'm, I'm just saying, like, if Jeff Passan was the one to say that Cleveland's interested in Craig Council, I'm definitely going to buy into that no matter what, no matter who the source is. Maybe a little less on Ken, but not, I shouldn't, you know, I, that's not the case. But no, I, I uh, think I put both of those, those two and Jason Stark are just kind of like my yeah, highest tier of like baseball I, people. I love Jason Stark too, but he's less of a newsbreaker these no, days. No, yeah, no, 100%, which is the why only- he's not like. I don't even know where Jason Stark works right now, which is not as like a dig on where that's, is he athletic? athletic? Yeah, he yeah. does not write much. Um, you write, yeah, he does. He writes all the time. He does their weird, like he does weird stats. That's what he's. That's um, his. That's his beat now. So it's just, I, it stats. doesn't. Maybe I just. It, here's the thing. So I like him, and here's the problem with the athletic. I like him. He's a person I used to read a lot. Didn't realize he was there and or publishing anything. So that's that's not good for them as a uh, an outlet. But uh, yeah, Uh-oh. it's so much of his moves. Day. So much of it has moved to news breaking that kind of guys like him are. Dis- I mean, that's that's the point of the athletic yeah. is to have a mix of both. Anyway, I there's two ways here. So I think, yeah, he could stick with what he knows in in uh, David Stearns. And look, if David Stearns tells Steve Cohen, "Hey, Craig Council's our guy. It doesn't matter what it's going to take. We want Craig Council." Steve Cohen's writing that check. End of story. And this is why we crossed Craig Council off the list when we started talking about guys who could be the next manager for Cleveland, because we just assumed he was going to the Mets and the Mets have already requested permission to speak with him. So the, the wheels are kind of already in motion there. So this is why that article does feel like uh, Cleveland is just kind of along for the ride, but it says Cleveland's interested. So, I mean, at least it's worth having the interview. Even if you're, if you're going to be a stalking horse, it's worth having the interview just to see what happens. The, the following article or the following paragraph in that story goes might on also be uh, another way to get information on vote. That's true. He does have, he does have connections to Steven vote. Um, you just interview everybody because you want to know what this is. A, it's, it's the same way it works in the, in the, in the, the world with jobs and not just man, you know, baseball, like real world. You're, you interview somebody to learn something about them. Maybe you can learn something about their processes. Maybe you, you grill Craig Council on what he thinks about this process or how he would go about this communication strategy or whatever. And maybe you, you learn from what he does because you do respect Craig Council as a manager. You do think he would be a good fit and maybe he wants to go to New York and maybe you are a stalking horse, but maybe you pick up on a few things from Craig Council that you respect and you maybe consider adding it to your, your process or, or your, your, passing that around the office to see what everybody else thinks of that opinion as well. And maybe he recommends some other guys like Steven vote to you. Um, there's always something to be gained from those interviews. I feel like it's the same as interviewing in the real world. Um, it's in the, the following paragraph said he could just very well stay in Milwaukee too. I think 
I still think it's likely he goes to New York, but you know, you and I have talked about, you know, good bosses or worth working for good bosses. Money doesn't always mean everything. Uh, the bright lights in New York don't always mean everything either. Craig Council is sort of a Midwest guy. I didn't um, love my six years there. Yeah, so there you go. Maybe he's not a guy who wants to. I mean, look at Jose Ramirez is a guy who didn't want to go to New York. He wanted to stay in a place like Cleveland. Who's to say Craig Council isn't on, on the same wavelength? The only thing I will say about Craig Council before we move on to uh, our next managerial candidate, um, if he is, if he does come to Cleveland, I guess like, can I start forgiving him for no. scoring the winning run in the World Series? I can't. And actually, he also did he, he had the time? Wasn't he? Did he knock in the tying run and then score the winning run? He was involved in both. I thought Jim Eisenreichs. No, because remember, we had this debate off air. and I looked We it did. Up. We did. Yeah. But also go back and look at the video one more time if you can stomach it. I still think Craig Council jumped over the plate and did never touch the plate. I'm still holding on to that theory. So uh, you can't, I'm not bitter at all. I'm not bitter at all. All right. Let's move on to candidate number two. Our good friends over at Jace. So I've talked many times about my sinus infections. And right here, I was curious to go look up. And for sinus infections, it's typically Augmentin. And what did they get in my Jace case? But the uh, alternative for Augmentin. So right there. Next time I have a sinus infection, I don't have to wait two weeks to go find the doctor. Go find, go to the doctor. You got to wait in line. Take forever to go to the doctor. Uh, you got to take time off work, honestly, because it's in the middle of the day. Instead... Next time mine gets super bad and it's going to, that's just my life. Uh, I've got on hand and that is the power of the JS case. It's allowing you to empower uh, yourself to take care of yourself. Or, you know, if you're going to travel, Hey, not the worst thing to have a whole set of antibiotics on hand in case you get sick, in case you were in a place where if you don't have a national medical plan, going to see a doctor can get very expensive this way. You have everything on hand you need. Uh, so, but make sure to check it out for yourself. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the code locked on at checkout for twenty for a twenty dollar discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at jace j a s e medical.com. And then Friday we got the World Series uh, first pitch. I believe is at eight oh seven Eastern, five oh or three four oh seven Hawaiian time. Wherever you might be, uh, check it out on your Sirius XM app. Hey, real quick too. Cavs won on Wednesday night. Uh, did you know that Lockdown Cavs is part of the Lockdown Network? Make sure after you listen to Lockdown Guardians, you listen to Lockdown Cavs, our uh, friends over there. If you want to go dig in the history, Chris and I did a crossover for this show from Lockdown Cavs, uh, Chris Manning. So we've we've had him on Lockdown Guardians. Yeah, good friends over there. So make sure you're listening to that podcast as you follow the Cavs this season. All right, so another guy added to the list is Andy Green. So in that same article about Craig Council. Does everyone get my green with envy, envy joke from earlier? Just oh, see? I didn't get it until now, man. All right, all right, I see it, I see it. Uh, so he is also part of the the 45 people that have interviewed for the job. I don't know if they've interviewed 45 people. They might have. I think tomorrow we should we should go back and we should try to name everybody. I don't think we have time today to quit. No. I want to quiz you. Don't look it up. I want to quiz you on if you remember everybody they've interviewed so far or who they've been connected to, but it's a lot. Uh, so Andy Green, they said, has interviewed for the job in Cleveland. He spent uh, four seasons in San Diego under the mess that is A.J. Preller. Yeah, right like, now, he uh, was- Cleveland has done super well in turning broken things from San Diego into workable central pieces. So, hey. Well, what do you mean broken? I mean, they got what was broken from San Diego. 
Uh, well, Cal Contrell was a reliever who couldn't work as a starter when they got him. Josh Naylor was struggling to be a league average okay. bat, given three opportunities in the big leagues at that point in time. That's uh, Fran Mill Reyes was, was probably the best piece in terms of like current value compared to yeah. the overall value, but they had to work with Naylor to get him to where he is. Like, is it, uh, they had to work with Quantrell. Uh, Joey Cantillo didn't have any velocity when they acquired him. Um, I mean, it was a lot of taking those lesser pieces from San Diego. And I feel like there's another pitcher at some point they added that I, I've forgotten about who ended up being a pretty good value. Well, Brad Hand, but he, San Diego. Actually yeah, he had already been solid Hand. at that point. Yeah. 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 I guess that's a good point. Uh, Andy Green doesn't have a his Wikipedia page for the fact that he has played just as long as Stephen Vode and uh, his Wikipedia page isn't quite as long. Andy Green did play a season over in yeah. Japan, so that is interesting. Um, he does have four years of managerial experience in the majors. He did manage for a couple of seasons in the minors, and he is currently the bench coach for the Chicago Cubs. So I don't know. I, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about on Andy Green in terms of like philosophy. Like he, he at least had a couple of strong seasons. He was, he, what'd you say? He was part of the Padres when they tried to make a lot of, yeah, uh, it was like right at, cause he was there for like the second year. And it's it's crazy to me that AJ Preller has gotten to do the number of managers he's had because he came in and it was Six just it was a, yeah it was, and it was a I mean trading for Matt Kemp trading multiple expensive pieces for Craig Kimbrell like he went on a buying streak for a team that was not ready to buy that had you know giving away Trey Turner like people tend to forget that he he inherited Trey Turner and then traded him away for like I think that was was that Will Myers. That, no, Will Myers went to Tampa yeah. in that deal. And they, I don't know. Or maybe no, Will Myers went to San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. But like, either way, it's like he has been, they made the postseason once, and that dude has spent a crud ton of money, made a lot of questionable decisions, and is somehow still viewed as this genius. Yeah. Well, I think uh, 2024 is going to be an awfully hot seat for AJ Preller. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> his I don't, his I biggest mean, advantage is an owner who, wants continuity because he's had health issues and wants to win now. Like I think anywhere else he'd be out. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, look, they, well, this is not the San Diego Padres podcast, but, uh, but we love hobby. Yeah. They, but they've drafted well, they've, they've signed good international free agents. There is all that. I mean, they trade a lot of them away. Um, yeah, I mean, Andy Green was a manager before David Ross, so he's helped David Ross with in-game decisions. He's yeah, he's been the majors for a couple of years. <coughs> yeah, I don't know. Years I, I mean, in San Diego, I think that ended in 2019. I think he's been with the Cubs since 2019, so that's three more years. You know, he's, he definitely has experience. I know we we had that debate about the importance of experience, um, and you and I varied to degrees, and and our listeners had that debate in the comments as well. Um, so, you know, if you're looking at that, you know, interesting to consider. Yeah. Andy Green had, had a nice career for himself. I mean, for a guy who was, uh, was not a super high pick. I'm trying to see, I don't see where he was drafted here. Um, uh, no, he was, he was a 24, he was a 24th round day pick. Three was, pick. Yeah. Yeah. He is in the Kentucky high school hall of fame. So there is that. Yeah. the, uh, the University of Kentucky Athletics Hall of Fame. So there is that. Um, I mean, a, a yeah, very yeah, get to the big leagues, you might make that Hall of Fame. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, 
Hey, like I said, he played in Japan, so he's got a little of uh, cultural experience, I should say. Uh, even though he was hurt most of his time in Japan, it sounds like. I don't know this one doesn't really uh, it pales in comparison, obviously, to to uh, Craig Council. If if that's a guy who's who's number one, or if he's available, and uh, even though he has experience, I feel like I mean I, I don't know much about Andy Green. Like you said, Stephen Vogt's Wikipedia page was ridiculously long for someone who was a backup catcher and for ten years or whatever. And Andy Green's is is pretty short, even though it was a very similar timeline. And he's got managerial experience, so we'll see. But Andy Green. He's already a bench coach, so I think there's really nowhere you can go higher than a bench coach than manager. So, like that's that's the next step, right? As you go from bench coach to manager. Yeah, he's I mean, certainly he's certainly not going to leave Chicago as the bench coach to be a bench coach for no whoever gets the job here if it's not him. So unless he gets paid significantly more. Yeah, even then though, like. I don't know if teams really grant lateral moves that often. Usually you got to ask permission and it's usually only for a step up, not a lateral move. Yeah, We just saw it happen with Bob Melvin and, you know, we saw well, it okay. here in the day and that's obviously and it's, a, and it's unique a group. circumstance and Cleveland and Cleveland has been good about letting guys go elsewhere. And Cleveland is run by four, or Chicago is not run for, by former but not for guys. lateral moves. They they always let they guys go when there's an opportunity to go up. It was essentially a, a lateral move, and when they let Ross Atkins move over, it was somewhat lateral. But I, but remember, it, it's you know Carter Hawkins over there, right? A former Cleveland guy. So I think they'd be that's not lateral was, though. No, but I'm saying it's, it's no, I know, but up. I'm saying yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm saying it's it's someone they have a relationship with. There is a chance oh, yeah, that yeah. could happen. Because they've yeah, left their that. whole view is to not block anyone if they want to move on. So if they if he has that same view, it, it could happen. I don't think it will. I don't think that's what they're gonna do. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see in the coming days. Uh, we'll see what, what what looks there. Cleveland thought they were gonna have a manager name soon. But again, if, if Craig Council's available, you if he really truly is available and you're interested, you push that timeline back and you you figure out if if you have any Shot of landing him, I feel like. Uh, really quickly, Tom Hamilton is up for the Ford C. Frick Award, which is the the broadcaster's award. Uh, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. I think someday Tom Hamilton is destined for the Hall of Fame. I know there are some people out there who uh, don't love the way Tom Hamilton has, has aged as a broadcaster in terms of injecting certain things into the broadcast. Personally, me, I love Tom Hamilton. I think he brings a lot of flavor to the game. There were some weird things over the years, like his, his uh, Carlos turned, Santana dislike. Yeah, he did come around on Carlos Santana after a while, like like a lot of Clevelanders did. There were people who were also uh, in the wrong about him in his early career here too. Um, Tom Hamilton recorded an intro for my wedding this past summer, so I'm going to be eternally grateful for Tom Hamilton because that everybody was super impressed by that and 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 love that and uh, one of the nicest guys I've ever had a chance to talk to. So. Um, yeah, I think he's a great broadcaster. He is a a legend and a guy I always looked up to and, and aspired to be like. Very hard to find more guys who are, well, you're talking about just broadcasting baseball. Forget all the other stuff. I know it's, it's hard to forget sometimes and people get mad about that, but the guy is a great, it's a great home run call, exciting, respected around the game, and it just seems like a nice guy off, off air. But uh, I don't know if he'll win this year. That's an interesting field. I feel like he's... Up against, I think he'll get in someday. I don't know about this year, but I think Tom Hamilton deserves, and I think he'll get in someday. Yeah, I think there is every opportunity for him to do that. Uh, and we've got to get this one in the bank. So thank you all for 
listening, rating, reviewing, downloading helps. Our numbers have been trickling upwards, so we appreciate all of that. And <laughs> go, go, Guardians, go.